following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome back, fans, to episode three of the Gotham City Podcast. My name is Ian. This is your weekly Gotham podcast show that brings you up to date with all the latest news, interviews, musings, and everything else in the lead-up to the premiere of the show. This week has been a really slow, slow news week for the Gotham TV series. There's been nothing really new sort of popped out this week, but there has been an awful lot of musings on the internet from the previous two weeks about the relationships of some of the characters um, that have already been revealed to us and some sort of fan musings on possibilities of how those characters are going to develop. One of them in particular I want to focus on, and the reason being is it's kind of timely now that we're looking at the from uh, the other side, from Marvel's X-Men movie that came out this week, um, which basically a lot of it is based on the reimagining of the relationship between Mystique and Charles Xavier. And one of the things that sort of came up from some fans in some quarters of the internet was there is a very young Selena Kyle in here and there's a very young Bruce Wayne. And these have been guaranteed to be regular cast members of the show. And one of the things that some people actually been musing about was is the relationship between Selena Kyle and that of a young Bruce Wayne going to turn into uh, pretty much like almost the start of how... Um, when they did X-Men First Class, they did a reimagining of the relationship between Mystique and between Charles Xavier, where as a child she broke into the Xavier household, Charles was a mutant, and then took her in, and basically she ended up living, Raven ended up living with them, uh, and being raised as Charles' sister to him. And one of the things that some people had mused across was, was uh, were Fox and DC going to do a similar kind of reimagining where Selena Kyle um, we're kind of already hinted at that she's going to be sort of a tearaway teenager at this point or a young teen uh, who is homeless and just trying to find her way out in the world and you know if she's going to be a regular and given that the other sort of teen cast member that you're looking at in around her age group is Bruce Wayne are they going to somehow sort of tie their relationship together in one respect? Uh, and I often kind of wondered if it was going to be... You see, when I see these kind of relationships, it almost makes me think back to Home Alone 2. Uh, Brenda Fricker's character in there is the bag lady and Macaulay Culkin's character as well. And the relationship between the two of those um, in terms of uh, it kind of almost being like one from a privileged, one from a poor relationship or from a... A, a broken background, if if you will, and sort of that generation of mutual respect, and that blossoms into a form of friendship as well, uh, and and both stemming almost from a, a, a or from a form of curiosity of one of the other, uh, and a meeting of the minds. And I often wonder if this is going to be the kind of relationship we're going to see with that. And some fans have actually already hinted at this. Like I said, the other sort of relationship as well that has me. 
sort of wondering is the relationship growth between Harvey Bullock and between Jim Gordon. And we're sort of already led to believe from the trailers that, you know, Jim Gordon is... He's coming here and he's new to the Gotham experience and that's fine and, and Harvey Bullock is is weathered and is familiar with it and I would say almost um, in one respect immune to the fallout from it uh, and is just extremely hard nosed and I'm, I'm kind of looking about that relationship and how that develops. Especially because if you look at the relationship in the animated series for those who are familiar with it, the, uh, the one that was done by Warner back in the day. That really sort of uh, set a marker for a lot of fans in terms of how they perceive their Batman to be portrayed uh, and what they think about for their Batman, especially people from my generation who were in their late 20s, early to mid 30s. Like, is that relationship going to be where you kind of have Jim Gordon just continually being beaten down but trying to find a way through and Bullock sort of being that that anchor and tether to the reality of Gotham that it's it's beyond redemption that all you can do is is all you can do there is nothing more that can be done other than trying to uphold the law as best as possible um, but that miracle is not going to happen and nothing is going to ultimately save Gotham all they can do is uh, whatever they actually manage to do and manage to achieve and I think that the one thing that here's the problem with this in one respect, and it's a problem that's going to be faced by the people who are doing the TV show. The only way that this TV show is going to survive is not being procedurally based in terms of the story, the evolution of how they actually come to capture the murderers of Bruce Wayne's parents, or the murderer of Bruce Wayne's parents. I think this this show is going to more or less survive on the strength of relationships and the issues inside those relationships between the various parties and how they're going to cross over and ultimately, it's going to result in, as we all know, Bruce Wayne one day becoming Batman and putting on the cowl. Now, one thing I'm not entirely clear on is the extent to which you're going to, it's going to be a focus on young Bruce Wayne. Yes, they've already confirmed that he's going to be a regular. We know it's going to be 13 episodes at least, the up to 16 episode thing which has been doing the rounds on the internet. I don't think that's even been officially confirmed yet still. But I'm wondering, are we going to see the evolution of Bruce Wayne in terms of the young man um, and his hardening of his attitudes um, and the struggles that he goes through in the aftermath of that? I don't think it's going to focus predominantly around that. In one respect, I hope it doesn't. I hope it focuses on the degradation of Gotham and his uh, story almost running in parallel to that. You know, the... Well, Gotham degrades further, you're going to see an evolution in Bruce Wayne. Uh, from being in the pits of despair, from his world basically coming apart with his parents, to him having to refashion the world around him, as opposed to having to refashion himself in the world. And his acceptance of that, and how he's going to go and change that, and knowing that he can't change everything at once, he can only change what's within his field immediately. And I, I kind of hope that the two stories were running counterpoint because I think that would be kind of a very, very interesting uh, way to view it is that you're going to see Gotham just get progressively worse. I don't want to see Gotham getting better. I think it's it has to get to the point where Bruce feels he's absolutely compelled at this point to, to become a vigilante and do everything he can to try and harden himself up. And I do think you have got to see Gotham almost 
degenerating into absolute chaos mayhem being owned by the criminals and being a city that like in, in terms of the league of, of league of shadows like it should almost be at the point where it's a city in ruin and it's a city which is owned in its own corruption and its soul is gone i think it has to get to that point throughout the by the time it gets to the end of the series run as to how it ends at the end of series one i've no idea um it's a very very difficult story to go and tell because there's a, a to, to my mind there's a limited amount of story that you can tell in terms of the degradation of Gotham sure you can go in and you can pill for in some of the backstories that have been filled in over the years um, about how certain criminals came to be and you can interweave those stories into it yes that will work brilliantly because it's stuff that fans will already be familiar with and you'll get that same kind of hook in that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. eventually got where it started to do very cool things where it brought fans in instead of almost instead of taunting them with hey this is going to be on this and then it turns out to be a weak sauce version of it I think Gotham is going to have have to be a lot stronger than that and again because this isn't a universe which was uh, woven very organically the entire Mar- uh, DC universe is pretty much the coming together of multiple worlds and multiple stories and having to be interwoven in a very complex way without sort of compromising any of those stories and it's something that I think DC to their credit and I don't think they get an awful lot they don't get too much credit outside the comic book circles for this when people look at their at the DC universe um, and they're not as as bet into the stories in the comic books um, as comic book fans the, that they forget that this is literally like seven or eight different comic book companies that had to come together and their their worlds had to be interwoven to create a universe similar to Marvel's. Marvel's is something which started out as being a universe and then they just started weaving more into that tapestry. I mean, if you go into the, uh, even just an example, go into the Marvel wiki and you look at the inter, uh, the interleaving of characters and their histories and their stories, it is utterly incredible to think that there is this team of people that created this tapestry and it really is a tapestry and I think that when you're talking about Gotham Gotham is going to have to survive and be built off the back of personal stories and personal issues where there is jeopardy, there is character arcs proper character development I don't think it can do what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did and leave so many stories hanging in the air um, up to the mid part of the season they don't have a 22 episode run to do it is literally only going to be 13 or 16 episodes and I don't think it can spend an entire season setting a narrative for seasons to follow I think TV fans of this genre at this point I think are quite weary about how stories progress and if you, especially if you take a trip to look at the other DC property and TV shows look at how Arrow was received up to its first sort of first 10 episodes and then look at the relationship that it's had with its viewers since then I mean it's something which I think has evolved I think it's grown I think it's strengthened I think Arrow is one of those shows that just after that first 10 episodes get out of the way when they were trying to find their feet just got better and better for me and I to, to, oh, quite honestly I'm one of those people who I don't think like the first 10 episodes of Arrow in comparison to everything else that's followed from it they are not as strong as them but do I think that they're as bad as, say, the first uh, 10 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Hell no. I think there is a massive difference. Um, I do think they suffer from the same problems in some respects in terms of being very procedurally driven and 
the narrative's not been particularly strong, but I think the, C, the, the CW network executed Arrow a lot better, and I think the way that that has progressed, and then it's spun out additional TV series in terms of we're going to see a Flash TV series, I really can't wait for that. I think that's something which a lot of fans are looking at, especially when you see the trailer for it. Like It looks exceptionally strong, and I think that's going to be a, a very, very key issue as well. I would love to see some sort of a crossover in Gotham where it actually allows you to build other tapestries again. Building on relationships of characters. Building on a relationship that there is a universe outside this. Um, And I think DC have got to find a way to actually get this integrated. Even if these are shows that Fox don't option. I think this is something that they have to be very mindful of. And it's something that I think the comic book... Uh, companies when they're doing movies they have to be pretty mindful of it's no longer sufficient to have self-contained stories and I think we're past that watershed now with the with these properties because fans are becoming as they sort of delve deeper down the rabbit hole they're becoming more familiar with the tapestries of things even if it's a page that they read up on Wikipedia they're aware of stories and when you start breaking them or you start breaking them out and segmenting them go this is universe A this is universe B never the twain shall meet Um, it is something which is only going to annoy fans and I'm hoping that DC in their wisdom find a way to weave a tapestry in where we're introduced to Bloodhaven we see what that is maybe there's mentions of Starling City because again don't forget while this is not going to be directly linked to Batman or Superman movies this is like years before any of that stuff is going to happen it's not going to introduce I think there is no harm in making these references I think there's no harm in 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 highlighting that the world is bigger than Gotham City and there is a problem which Gotham is a fundamental part of. Uh, because it's always been the case, if you look at the DC Universe, you look at the main cities that are involved, you've got Metropolis, you've got your Starling City, um, you've got Gotham there as well. And the stories for them tend to overlap quite nicely. I don't think it's a case of that they're sort of um, segmented or... Um, put in, sir, inside their own virtual domains, as it will, where they exist solely as in, and being self-contained. Um, I think the, it is important that we see how Gotham, if the Gotham's cogs are becoming undone. How Gotham's cogs coming undone affects other other things. Is there an effect on other things? Even that's another good question to ask. Is there outside interference that starts happening as Gotham de- degenerates down? Uh, as we've seen recently in the Arrow TV series where basically Slade Wilson had taken over Starling City and was looking to raise it to the ground and destroy it. We've seen things like Argus appear out of nowhere. Uh, everyone assumed it was the US government coming along and this was Argus which is basically like a private uh, military organisation them getting involved as Gotham descends into chaos gradually where it becomes more corrupt its soul gets destroyed and sullied even further basic decency starts to die a painful long death in Gotham and Gotham degenerates so far that it does take a man to stand up and go you know what not in my watch and not my city enough is enough Um, it's taken my parents it's not taking anyone else and I'll be damned if anyone is going to stop me in my mission to try and and be a saviour of Gotham I think it has got to show outside interference because it's unbelievable in my eyes to 
have that in its own little bubble where there is no outside attempted outside interference that there is no crossover from this into others because each of these cities they spawn a hero for a reason Arrow gets spawned in Starling because Starling City is in a mess Metropolis Metropolis is in a bit of a mess and Superman's there and it becomes national and international Gotham is in a mess Batman comes along and is trying to save Gotham from itself I think the TV show has got, well, it's got to take Gotham and descend it into hell and chaos. It also has got to show how it isn't unique in this respect. So there is no reason for us to believe as to why it will be treated as um, as something which would require like the intervention of an Argus or require the intervention of the U.S. military. That it's that 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 it's, it is that bad. I have no problems in. In the writers deciding to take us in that direction because you know what? At least then there's a uniformity to it. It's not like uh, if anyone's ever seen the TV show uh, Under the Dome. Um, my problem with that show is that it's so far, even though we're only into where we are with that show, there is too much of a suspension of disbelief that actually has to happen for us. And I think that it, it, the detriment of it is that your enjoyment of it is is compromised because you're like, hey, why is it only happening here? Why is this unique to here as well? Uh, and I've got a problem with those kind of stories because I think in the end, they take you down the same kind of paths as, and then they woke up and it was all a dream. And I think you get shortchanged as a fan when it happens like that. Anyone who got to the end of Lost remembers how shortchanged they actually felt for us. Um, which utterly sucked um, and there's been a couple other TV shows that have kind of similarly ended on those on those kind of notes where I woke up and it was all a dream a great example of that is Enterprise uh, the Star Trek show that Scott Bakula was the lead for where that ended and it turned out to be a holodeck program I have never been more annoyed with a TV show in my entire life than the way that that ended because I thought it was pretty insulting to fans who had actually invested time in the show and I think when you do that you leave people with a bitter taste in their mouth and what you do is you turn them off from being repeat customers quote unquote uh, especially now we're at the point where comic book material is mainstream uh, it's mainstream in our television it's mainstream in our advertisement it's mainstream in marketing it's mainstream in pop cultural references. It's mainstream in our movie theaters. Our movie theaters these days are being overrun with several comic book movies a year. We're seeing more of them appearing on television in terms of TV series. I mean, this fall alone, let's take a look at it quite quickly. Okay, Gotham, obviously. You've got uh, Constantine, which is going to be the TV show as well. You're going to have Arrow. You're going to have Flash. That's DC. On the Marvel side of things, you're going to have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you're going to have Agent Carter. Meanwhile, we also know that there is TV series being developed by Marvel with Netflix, which is going to include a Daredevil TV series, amongst others. Um, and this is in the backdrop while there's still movies going on because we, while we've just had... Um, the Captain America movie a couple of months ago we've got the X-Men movie at the moment, we've just had Spider-Man 2 in, in quick succession back to back we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy later in the year, I mean it, it is going to be like a, a comic book jam pack thing and this isn't going away anytime soon, I don't even believe we're, we're near the peak of the exploitation of all these stories because there are, there's literally hundreds of thousands of stories to be told there is a plethora of characters to be explored that are of, of interest and are interesting. 
Um, I mean, these companies have survived for quite a long time off of these characters, off of these stories, having different people reinterpolate them, retell stories, re-engineer stories, create alternate versions of stories. And I think there is an awful lot of richness there to be explored. And I think Gotham has got to be a TV show that when you're doing something like this, it's got to be extremely cognizant of that. I would love to know what other people's thoughts are about what their expectations are for the show. Do you expect this to be a relationship-heavy show in terms of going through the arcs of relationships? Do you expect pairings of relationships to evolve over the course of the of the entire series, not just season one? Like I said, the example of Selena Kyle and, and young Bruce Wayne. Do you see that as a relationship which is going to inform how, uh, as a... Um, a thermometer of how the the series and the stories are going to progress. I would love to know. Send an email to Gotham City Podcast at gmail dot com. You can also hit us up on the Twitter at Gotham City Pod. Um, I want to thank everyone who's recently joined into following the show on Twitter. We've been getting like a huge boost in the Twitter numbers, which has been utterly fantastic. Thank you so much for hitting that follow button. We've been noticing there's more downloads of the podcast as well. I want to say thank you so much for hitting that download button. I hope you will actually stay on and hit that subscribe button. And if you have other friends who are interested in these TV shows, that you'll recommend our podcast to them. And if rec- hopefully they'll recommend it to someone else. The whole recommend a friend thing, it's always pretty good. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for giving me some of your valuable in-ear time and for playing Gotham City Podcast Episode 3 this week. We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, Gotham City Podcast, signing out.